Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm for podcasting. From the Jeff Roku Studios, where every Tuesday by 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We're here for the next couple of hours, taking you up until noon to talk sports with you and appreciate you spending some of your morning here with uh, Trent and myself. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Looks like this. In about 15 minutes, probably a little sooner than that, we are going to speak with Larry Morgan. Of course, uh, you heard the news by now. I'm assuming that uh, Mac McCausland, uh, sadly passed away over the weekend in his home. And, uh, Mac McCausland and Larry Morgan, the soundtrack to so many Iowans, so many Hawkeye fans, so many Iowa residents in the uh, late 80s and certainly into the 90s. Um, and so Larry will join us here in about 15 minutes to reminisce a little bit about the days uh, that he and Mac McCausland worked side-by-side uh, and broadcast so many games over those cold winter months. I know, Trent, that we had this conversation three weeks ago. Is it wild? It's wild, isn't it? it? It's, it's sad. It's mm-hmm. eerie, kind of. Just the fact that, and I think, I don't know how we got to it, just, you know, why don't Larry and Mac get more recognition sure. for being the soundtrack of, of so many people? And lo and behold, fast forward. Well, it's sad that unfortunately it's, it's going to happen uh, with the passing of one of that uh, uh, duo. Uh, but Larry's going to be here and we will opine. And I certainly look forward to catching up with uh, Larry Morgan. What a career. I mean, yes. not only when he had the headset at Carver Hawkeye or at Kinnick Stadium, uh, but down the dial. Um, Moffat and Morgan, uh, and then of course, um, uh, Lou and Larry and Heather and the round guy. And I mean, they were the nuts, man. <laughs> See, and I didn't even realize as he was calling Iowa basketball games that he was a radio guy. He would have to, and I don't know what time he would get home from Garver. Right. But they were on the air bright and early. You know what it's like to do. Well, dude, do you ever do a morning show? Nothing that early. I've did yeah. a couple of seven o'clock shows and like an hour show, things like that, but nothing. Like getting up, having to be there at five, things like that. Where you bump into your own shadow going, uh, you know, getting up in the morning. Um, But yeah, so Larry's going to be here and what a career that uh, he had. But more importantly, we're going to discuss, uh, you know, just some of those games. We've got some uh, some sound that we will Mm -hmm. lead into it, uh, some... It's gonna it's gonna jog memories is what yeah. it's going to do the old Raycon lead-in Trent I I know that um, as you said that's the soundtrack of your life it's kind of the soundtrack of my Iowa life because when I immigrated to Iowa and settled in Iowa um, in 1989 and and realized very quickly not a lot of hockey being talked here <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you better if you're gonna live here you better get used to the landscape and it was Hawks 
And it was Iowa State when you can find it, but it was Larry Morgan and Mac McCausland. So last night, uh, I sat in for a little bit with Chris and Ross yesterday during the Fanatics and went through a few of my memories. But one thing that kind of jogged into my memory was this number that I saw from Lute Olson's book. And I looked for it last night, and I couldn't find it on the bookshelf. I was trying to figure out what the actual number was. But one of the biggest things, people think, Iowa basketball. You know, you think of it today, yeah, Fran's got them okay. You know, they're decent. They make Mm -hmm. the tournament more times than not. But what's the big deal? Iowa basketball was a bigger deal than Iowa football. And Iowa football was highly regarded. It was nationally ranked. It was number one in 1985. There were Rose Bowls being played. This was different. This was a part 30 nights a year where everybody in the state was watching. And the numbers bear that out. It was the winter. The Iowa Television Network, this was the brainchild of Lute Olson, and uh, I'm not sure who the TV executive that came up with this idea, is we are going to put every single game on. Lute Olson was behind this? This is Lute Olson's baby. And they were going to put every single game on, and not just in Cedar Rapids, Iowa City. We're going to syndicate it across the state. Wow. Bob Hogue was one of the first announcers. He was a KWWL guy up in Waterloo. He was a play-by-play, finished up his career at Hawaii. Smart guy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Left Iowa. Hang on a second. Yeah. He jumped from Waterloo to uh-huh. Honolulu. There was a stop in Sacramento was, in between. But That's yeah. not bad either. But. No, no. And uh, finished up his last 15, 20 years of calling games Jeez. for the Rainbow Warriors. Not too bad. That. But that's where it started in the early 80s. And in Lute Olson's book, and I want to say the number, it was either a 70 or 80 share that they were getting for every television game across the state. Hmm. Not in the Iowa City Cedar Rapids right, market. Right, right. Not in Quad City. No. Across the state, they were getting 70, 80 shares for basketball games. And it didn't matter if it was an exhibition game against Athletes in Action or Marathon Oil mm-hmm. or if it was a big one against mm-hmm. Indiana. They were getting monster numbers wow. across the state of Iowa. So when people say, Iowa basketball, what's the big deal for my generation? That's the big deal. 15,500, ring a bell? Every single night Uh at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. And if you weren't there, you're going to see it on your television Mm -hmm. at 7 o'clock every single night. KDSM here locally. KIMT up in North Iowa, KWWL in Eastern Iowa. Sioux City had it. Omaha had it. It was across the state. You were going to be able to see the Hawkeyes every single time. And that's why. That wasn't the case with football. There were plenty of football games you could not see during the 80s and into the early 90s. There were games. Go back. The last time Iowa didn't have a television game is not that long ago, 1999. Yet think, during that two-decade run we're talking about, every Iowa basketball game was on television. It's remarkable. I did not know the Ludols and uh, tentacle of that story. That That's really good stuff. All right, so Larry Morgan's coming up here in about seven minutes. Real quick, uh, recap last night, take a quick look. Uh, here's the thing about, look, Iowa State and their fan base, they want this game. They need this game. Mm-hmm. They want to stop the bleeding. You know who else does? West Virginia. And West Who's Virgi- still on the bubble? Trent, and that's just it. And West Virginia's looking at this game the same way as Iowa mm-hmm. State is. They've lost seven straight. Do you know what those seven games are? Twice they lost to Baylor. Twice they lost to Texas Tech. Once they lost to Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. That's the seven losses. That's a pretty tough slate. Yes, it is. If it didn't go their way. And they were in a couple of these games. So mm-hmm. they're looking at this game tonight like, okay, we can get well. Here comes a struggling Iowa State team. We need this one. Conversely, clone fans are thinking the exact same thing. West Virginia looks at it and says, all right, we get this one. We go on the road for our two most winnable road games remaining mm-hmm. at Oklahoma State and at Kansas State. Then we get Kansas coming in. We got a little bit of a run in us, but it's got to start tonight. Yes. And for Iowa State, where's the offense coming from? Mm. Where's the offense coming from? Now, a huge part of this is going to be 
are we going to see Taz Sherman, who didn't play in the game against Texas Tech over the weekend, got a concussion in that game against Baylor, which is now which is the thirty eight well, that was ago. the thirty first of January, yeah, eight days ago. Yeah. That game was. It sounded like he was close to playing on Saturday. That's what I took a taste on West Virginia. Disappointed mm-hmm. in that one, but he's going to play. I think tonight. I, I would be very surprised from everything that I saw. If he doesn't go, I haven't looked at anything this morning, though, and get a bigger read. But that completely changes how good this West Virginia team is with Sherman. Well, it's, it's going to be a tough spot for the clones. Both teams need it. Uh, two hungry basketball teams on the floor. ESPN Plus has it. If you don't have it, you can hear the game down the hall here on 100.3 The Bus. Real quick from last night, you were all over Virginia beating Duke. Not sure you thought they would beat no, Duke, but I, you I thought it would be close. I grabbed the points, grabbed the 11, felt yeah, good you about didn't that. didn't need them, as, as it turned out. Well, and I was getting very nervous that... Closing possession as they were going up, went up for two. Oh, you thought they were going to be a little overtime coming? Yeah, I yeah. didn't like that one right, bit. Right. And then they get the ball back, and they get the shot, and mm-hmm. they get the three. And Boy, the referees put their whistles away, didn't they? Yeah, let boy, them play. Boy, And in the Texas-Kansas game, too, that was a game that was um, physical. I thought Mc- when McCormick got his second foul there, I thought that was going to be danger time. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas had started to... Boy, he was good last night. They were McCormick. down five, I think, at the point. Came back, tied it up. He goes out like, all right, here they come. And they got it up to five, but then Kansas came right back. Took the lead. Car at the end of the half. It's at three. Jeez. That thing just splashed beautifully, too, didn't uh-huh. it? Just ripped the cord. Yep. He had a big game. He had a really good game yesterday, Carr. And that's two in a row now for Marcus Carr. Mm-hmm. We know how talented that guy is. We his saw days him in, in Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. He was really, really good. And that's why you were throwing that Texas bet. Now, no chance. <sighs> There's something about him. They got four high-impact transfers together. And maybe it's just if because I believe together, in Beard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe in Beard so much. I just think Well, he's you know so why good. I'm poo-pooing the bet? I got him at 14 to 1. I can get him oh. today at 40. Oh, that, that, <laughs> now that's a reason. Okay. Yeah. That, that's the sting that right. I'm feeling on that one, but I got it surrounded. Oh, that was a great one in the closing stretch there. Yes. Kansas. I didn't see that coming. Collapse. To some respects, I mean, Harris was not good down the no. stretch, not good at all. Uh, Wilson was good. Abaji was not great by any means. Brown didn't have a, one of his better nights. But Courtney I, Ramey was not great offensively. Yep, yep. He was so good defensively, though. He it was because he was on Abaji. He was for a lot of it. Yeah. yeah, and he made it mm-hmm. tough on him. Well, that replay that they isoed him mm-hmm. trying to stop Abaji on an inbounds play, Trent. It was like he was in his shorts. Right. I mean, he was just and not. And it wasn't fouling. Right. He was just he shadowed him. Oh, what did what did you? I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, that was uh, very astute on your part. Yes, the food got a little run last night. A little and more than normal. Play at the end. It just he's getting more playing time now. A big part of that, of course, Rebby Martin mm-hmm. still unavailable. Have you heard anything? No. Do they anticipate him? Hey, we're going to rest him for a couple. weeks? I think weeks? that's probably where we're at at this point. Yeah. Uh, they brought in Coleman Lands late, but other than that, he hardly played. They brought him in right to the end of the game in case they had an opportunity to make a shot and to tie the basketball game, but uh, that didn't happen. So pretty good, uh, pretty good night in the Big Twelve. It was a fun night of basketball last it was. night with the Dukies going down and doing so at Cameron Indoor. Doesn't happen a lot. Started at four o'clock with UNC Wilmington as I you told must you. You had a good night. 
or no? Were you really? Gave away four picks, all for free right here. That doesn't cost a thing, folks. No, no. So stick around. About 11.50, we'll do it again. Indeed we will. All right. Do you want to play the sound? Yes. While you line up Larry Morgan. Looking forward to speaking with uh, with Larry Morgan uh, here coming up momentarily. But uh, found some sound and for, for, for most of you that uh, watched uh, during the 80s and into the 90s. You will recognize the bump. And then we got a little sound of both Larry and Mac teeing up. What was Chris Street's? Jersey retirement night, yes, correct? against number one Indiana yep. a year later. Uh, Iowa was ranked in the top ten at the time. Big time game, and you can you can feel the environment as Larry and Mack are oh. doing their opening stand-up, too. Raycom presents Big Ten Conference Basketball. This game is being brought to you by Light by Counter Lock and Load and by Norwest Banks. Live from Carver Hawkeye Arena, it's the ninth ranked Iowa Hawkeyes against the top ranked Indiana Hoosiers. A capacity crowd on their feet at Carver Hawkeye Arena prior to the start of the Iowa Indiana game. Good evening, everyone. With Mac McCausland, this is Larry Morgan. We've certainly witnessed a moving ceremony. And, Mac, why was this particular game chosen for that ceremony? Well, when the Iowa Athletic Department officials decided to retire number 40, they went to the Street family. And the Street family said how fitting it would be to do the Indiana game. Chris Street loved playing against the Hoosiers. He epitomized the Hoosier way of playing basketball. Aggressive, tough, hard. Chris Street admired Indiana players and Bob Knight. They called Indiana Knight. Took it, as he told us today, as a high compliment to him and his program, his players. He said, oh, why not? He certainly did. Now, tonight, Iowa takes on the top-rated team in the country. Why is Indiana so good? Well, when you look at Indiana, you look at team play. And what epitomizes team play is you've got five of their basic starters averaging double figures. They can score from every place on the court effectively any night. Ah, yes, the memories as we uh, go in the Wayback Machine there. Raycom, the intro, and, of course, Larry and Mac teeing up uh, what was Chris Street Jersey retirement night against the Hoosiers, and Bob Knight uh, took it as a um, a compliment yeah. that the Street family wanted uh, the night and the honor to happen uh, when Indiana was in town. And uh, Larry Morgan, he joins us as we reminisce a little bit. Uh, Trent, I'm having trouble with the on. Uh, there he is. Hello, Larry Morgan. Trent Hello. Condon, Ken Miller. How are you, Larry? I'm good. How are you? And thank you for having me on. This is an honor. No, listen, it's it's great to talk to you, and uh, I certainly appreciate your willingness to do so, Larry. It's um, it's it, it's unfortunate that um, you know, in the passing of of, uh, of Mac, that it, it took this to do this. Uh, but here you are, and let's reminisce a little bit about this. Uh, so sure. when when you think about all the nights that the two of you spent, whether you're traveling to a game, whether you're doing a game uh, at Carver, what are one or two of the of the of the first things that pop into your head, Larry, about Mac and about your time together? Well, you know, actually, as you brought it up, the first thing is uh, not the games. You know, you're right. It's it's the dinners, the lunches, the breakfast, the traveling. Uh, we had some memorable trips, uh, including one I'll never forget through, uh, because of bad weather, we were headed to Penn State, never an easy place right. to be, and we wound up in Washington, D.C., and had to drive overnight, and uh, 
it was uh, there was ice, there was rain, there was snow, there was fog, but somehow we made it. Uh, so that one just 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 popped, popped in my mind. But uh, so so many things off the court, you know, all those things, and we did have a, a good personal relationship, and uh, we even played golf together in the off season a few times. Mac much better than I. <laughs> and uh, but then on the air, I mean, Mac was such a well. First of all, he was so dedicated to the craft. He really wanted to make our broadcast special and memorable and he knew college basketball oh, so well yeah. and he loved college basketball so much and i gotta say a lot of people in college basketball really loved mac and i especially think of tom Izzo and mac they had a special relationship or going back uh, clem haskins and mac i mean uh, of course some of these people had recruited kent which is part of the reason <laughs> for the relationship but anyway mac was just a uh, a fountain of college basketball knowledge and believe me i learned a lot working with mac Larry, I want to come to the formation of you two guys together because you weren't the originals. Bob Hogue, I mentioned him at the beginning of things. He was up at KWWL, and he was the voice before moving on. And then you guys coming together. Were there other partners, or when you started in the play-by-play job, was Mac your guy from the get-go? Mac was my guy from the get-go. You know, the interesting story about that concerning me is that I had no connections to the University of Iowa whatsoever. But I applied for the job like every other announcer probably in Iowa. And Mark Hansen and the Register had written a column that uh, the morning they announced who was, it was going to be in, and he listed the five finalists, and I was not one of them. And I was heartbroken, not the fact that I didn't expect to get the job, that I wasn't even one of the five finalists. And then Bill Rasmussen, who was the founder of ESPN, called and said, don't believe what you read in the paper. So uh, that's, uh-huh. that's a great memory. So, you know, so but towards the end, to save money, then they used to bring in an announcer from the other team and, and one of us. So then Mac and I didn't work together in the latter years in conference games. We did non-conference, but in conference games as much. But all the years for uh, non-conference we worked together, and as I say, the majority of years in conference we worked together. Larry, when you were when you guys were at, in your heyday, uh, and did you realize the impact that you had and the uh, I, I guess the platform that you were given to to do what you did, to bring Iowa basketball into living rooms across the entire state of Iowa. Did you realize how many people you were reaching on any given night? You know, absolutely not. And it's funny you should bring that up, Kent, because uh, just in the last couple of um, days, well, since yesterday, I've received a lot of texts from people who remembered that, and they've kind of reminded me what it was like. But remember, in those days... Iowa was destination television, and it was very consistent, 7 o'clock Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Saturday evening. And, um, yeah, I didn't realize, but so many people you know now, that was their destination. The whole family sat in front of the TV on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And I remember seeing an article once. We were one of the top-rated local college basketball shows in the country. I'm not surprised. Huge numbers. Yeah. Absolutely huge numbers. Huge numbers. Absolutely. And great memories. Well, we played the clip of the retirement ceremony from Chris Street. I know how impactful certainly that was around Iowa basketball during that time. And I think that's also another thing that people of my generation cling to, too. Those memories of you guys doing the games together and then the Street family and everything that went along with it. How difficult of time was that, though, inside of Iowa basketball, your guys' relationship with Dr. Tom as we look back now almost 30 years ago? Yeah, it was really, it was really, oh, the Chris Street thing was really tough. And I know Mac and I both went to the funeral, as did hundreds of others. And, you know, Chris, as you probably well remember, just embodied everything that Iowa prides itself on. He was all those things, hardworking, honest, friendly, uh, outgoing, just 
all those wonderful things. And uh, just today, so uh, Tom Davis and I have exchanged emails, and, and I was thinking about the fact that um, we were bonded by so many things, but that time was especially tough, and, and it was really tough to be around it. And yet everybody bounced back and rallied around the Street family, and that was very uh, very much uh, something that I, I appreciated seeing. Larry, is there a, a, a couple of games that um, come to mind more than more than others uh, for for any particular reason? Is there is there a game or two that you know would jog some of our listeners' memories back in the eighties into the nineties uh, that maybe they'd forgotten about that you can remind them of? Well, it's funny, you know, I don't have the recall that some people do, and when you played that clip, I didn't remember that doing mm. that. So, but uh, one that always stood out in my mind, it was just a regular season game, but it was an unranked Iowa team going to Indiana, and Indiana was a top team, and uh, for the Hawkeyes to post an upset that night, Calbert Chaney, who was a great free-throw shooter, had to miss some free-throws, and James Moses, who was an only adequate free-throw shooter, had to hit a lot of key free throws. So just the fact that Iowa upset Indiana there in Bloomington, number one. Number two is, in those days, they would bring you into the ESPN national telecast for a few minutes. And so, so for some reason, of all the games, that stands out in my mind. Hmm. Uh, seeing Roy Marble hit a basket that made him Iowa's all-time leading scorer is another one that sticks out in my mind. Larry, I didn't realize until I moved here 15 years ago that you also had another job. You weren't just the, the voice of Iowa basketball on television. You worked at radio, and you did morning radio, so help us out here. I mean, you got a 7 o'clock game, you wrap up post-game. At best, you're back here in Des Moines by midnight. Were you in every single morning for KGGO doing your morning radio show? Yes, I was, because that, that was the job that paid the bills. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so you guys understand that. Uh-huh. So, and I tell people this all the time now. Of course, I was much younger then. But anyway, you know, I get up at, I think, 3.30. Uh, yes, yeah, so I get up at 3.30, do the morning show, drive to Iowa City for the shoot-arounds, um, mm-hmm. be there for both of those, maybe catch a short nap in the afternoon, maybe not, um, and then do the game and then come home and it would all start over the next day. But, uh, you know, it was so much fun to have both jobs. I was so blessed to have jobs that weren't really work. So yeah, uh, back in those days, uh, it seems like some incredible hours that we kept. Yes. You know, Larry, I want to go back to something you, you said on just uh, working with him and how pre- uh, prepared uh, and how into the broadcast Mac was. You know, when I listened and when, and when over the years when I've had an opportunity to have him on shows I've been associated with, he, he never talked down to his audience. He never, I mean, he was, like you say, he was a savant, right? He's, he's the, he's one of the historians of Hawkeye basketball. Yet it never felt like he was, you know, I know more, so much more than you do. That's a stupid question. He never made you feel like, uh, beneath him to talk to him. No, you're absolutely right. That would include his partner, me. I mean, you know, he knew so much more about basketball than I did. But uh, you're right, though. That was, Mac, uh, just a great community. You know, don't forget he was a great communicator. And, you know, the other thing that uh, people don't know about him, perhaps, was he was a terrific businessman. He had great success with his insurance company in Waterloo. He worked just as hard at that as he did in basketball. And uh, so, you know... He was just an amazing guy in so many ways. And if we got time, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite sure. Mac mm-hmm. stories. This goes back to when Mac was in high school, and he was the big star at Maquoketa High. And uh, one day, he got to go to the Ed McCauley basketball camp in St. Louis. So uh, his dad drives him down there, and Mac's there a day early. 
So he gets the basketball, he's shooting one of the playgrounds, and at the other end of the playground is another kid, and he's shooting the basketball also, and Mac says, hey, how about a little one-on-one? Well, here's Mac, the big star from Makokata, and this kid just beats him like crazy. Turns out the other kid was Bill Bradley. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'll happen, yeah, right? NBA player, <laughs> yeah. congressman, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I love that story <laughs> about Mac, and that's, you know, when I, when I think about Mac and, and all the times we had together and all the many stories, that's the one that really sticks out in my mind the most. I got a lot of stories with Mac and had an opportunity after uh, you guys, he was doing MVC games also later in his career, yeah. and he was right. at so many UNI games. And when I was uh, doing start my radio career in Cedar Falls, we'd sit next to each other on press row, watching Panther games, swapping stories. And one thing you could always tell, though, is how proud he was of his son and going mm-hmm. back to the memories of Kent. So was there ever a time, though, where you had to nudge him a little bit? He was going over top on air talking about Kent, what an incredible shooter he was. But had to be, I'm sure, so much fun for him to be able to call the games as the son was playing at a high level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, he handled it as a father might. Once in a while, he would go over the, little, uh, over the top a little bit. And, you know, I'm kind of a, a straightforward, tell it like it is kind of announcer. And then I would think to myself, you know, this is good TV. Let let him be a dad. You know, and mm-hmm. Kent hit a, a, yep. a key shot. Uh, there was one time, though, I remember in Minnesota where Kent hit what appeared to be a game winner to Mac, but in fact came after the buzzer had sounded. <laughs> <laughs> I had to quickly tap him down that day. Oh, that that's good stuff. So, Larry, when when it ended, um, and like you, you'd mentioned, you were working with the other team's broadcaster. So, uh, other than non-conference play, the 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 duo uh, had been uh, broken up. But when it ended, was there any hard feelings on on your part, not towards each other, but just the fact that you know why did this have to end at this period of time, or did it seem like it had run its course? No, we would have loved to continue to do it, and I think we both contacted the. Uh the Big Ten Network, but mm-hmm. of course they they were hiring younger, much better looking people than us. So <laughs> they uh, uh, they did not uh, even respond. I think to our efforts to to get on with them. So that was a bit of a disappointment. No bitterness at all. I mean, we we'd had twenty years, and as you guys know, twenty years yeah. doing one team in this business, and that's I mean that's a great blessing. You don't look back and say, "Hey, I wish." Sure, you wished you had more, but. Uh, it, but it, no, it, it's interesting. The last time we worked together, it was, uh, I can't remember the year, but it was the Todd Licklider era. Mm. And we did like one or two games. By then, it was the Big Ten Network, but they must have not had enough people or something. Anyway, and then Mac opened the telecast by saying how many decades we had done Iowa wow. basketball together. So that was, say, that'd be 90s and then the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that was kind of fun. So we actually got into one more decade because of uh, we got to do the early Todd Licklider game. Nice. So, Larry, B., uh, I know I'm, I'm certain that if I don't ask you what you're doing now, it'll disappoint some of the people that remember you so vividly. Uh, I know you're, you're still in Central Iowa, correct? What are you doing now, Larry? I've caught you on a couple of games, ESPN+. Plus. You and Emmanek are doing occasional Drake games. What else are you up to, Larry? Right, that's about it. I'm retired from my day jobs, and... Uh, so I call Drake Basketball, men and women, on Mediacom and ESPN+. And I've also, can, and this took, this took some uh, real learning on my part. I call Drake Volleyball on ESPN wow. in the fall. And then we've been doing the Barnstormers on Mediacom, and I do their home games for a number of years. And other than that, living a great retired life with a lot of poor golf. <laughs> Do you miss radio, Larry? No, not at all. It's fun to get on. It's yeah. fun to reminisce, uh, to do what you guys do day in and day out. Nope, don't miss that at all. 
Larry, uh, appreciate you taking my call yesterday, and great to catch up with you today. A lot of folks uh, uh, sad. There's there's a hole in a lot of hearts across central Iowa that uh, Mac McCausland, who came into their living rooms along with you for so many years, sadly passed away. Far, far too young, Larry. Far, far too young. Great to catch up with you, Larry Morgan. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you for helping me with some great memories of Mac. And, uh, yeah, we'll never forget him. Oh, we just lost him. Oh, no. No, no, actually, that was just another call coming in. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody ever calls on this line, and then my one chance at stardom here, somebody's calling. So I apologize for that. No, Larry, thank you that for doing great. this. Have a, have a wonderful day, Larry Morgan. Thank, thank you. you. Keep up the good work, both of you. Take care. Good Thanks, to talk Larry. to you. Larry Morgan. Uh, good stuff out of uh, Larry. Real reminiscing there. Some good stories. Saw Larry at state basketball a year or two back. And Did you? Same yeah. thing, just swapping stories with him. And I look back, the last time we had Mac on, it was during the beginning of the pandemic when we were trying to find a way to fill air time for two hours <laughs> yeah, a day, yeah. and we were doing our look back at great teams in the state history. Yeah. And we talked about the 86-87 Iowa basketball sure. team and, and talked to Mac about that we one. We did do that. Yeah, I remember that now. That was a lot of fun, going back and uh-huh. digging a little deeper into some of those great teams, including that Well, one. it was fun for me to listen because I wasn't part of it. I mean, I had no, no memory of it. These are my memories. Yeah. This is my youth right here. Uh, it's got a, uh, uh, apparently Larry and Mac did the 2013 Hy-Vee Classic. Oh, okay. And our friend Lance at Mediacom across the street. Um, on they were a great. Yeah. They just... The yin and yang of those two, it was perfect. Two distinct voices. You, yes. You, you knew which one was doing the speaking Absolutely. at the time, which is great. Mm-hmm. You don't sound exactly like the other guy. Right. Um, Their stands up, stand up before the game, as we played a little bit earlier. Yeah. Just... Different era and a great one. We should play that one more time going to break. Can can you cue it back up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. We're going to head to Vegas. Chris uh, Chris Andrews from the South Point is going to join us uh, as we'll get uh, into the Super Bowl a little bit. But sad that it uh, unfortunately took the passing of uh, Mac McCausland for this uh, type of um, event to come together with Larry Morgan yesterday. Good to catch up uh, with a real pro. And what a career he had, folks. Yes. I don't have to remind you. I mean, this guy was numero uno in the market. Uh, in, in mornings, on that, uh, what the t- at the time was just a giant of a radio station. It was, it yep. was a giant of a radio station. And then, of course, on and, and, and here's the other thing. I'm glad you mentioned this. Wednesday and Saturday, mm-hmm. you know when to be in front of your TV. Absolutely. You don't anymore. No, you don't know where t- a channel it's on. Could be on Monday. Yep. Not sure what day of the week it is. Mm-hmm. Is it eleven o'clock in the morning? Is it, are you playing on Sunday? Are you kidding me? Right. It's a lot of those. A lot of that's that's been one of the downfalls of mm-hmm. all of this television. And not at six. Not at eight. Right. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Be in front of your TV. Yep, we'll be done in plenty of time so you can watch your local news. Absolutely. Get the kids tucked in, sit down and watch the local news, which I get it means a lot. That was a huge part, too. I remember as a youngster, those were the nights I could stay up till nine when Iowa basketball was (laughs) on. It was a big part of it. Yes. Every time. And I didn't have cable until I was 13. I didn't have ESPN until I was 13. But when I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way through, I knew I could watch sports one day a week during the winter. And it was going to be Iowa basketball. Good stuff. Thank you again to uh, to Larry Morgan for joining us. So we'll take our time out. Trent, I do not have the keywords. Do you? I do. Well, it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to KXNO.com, and once you get there, enter the keyword. It's happy. It is happy. Happy. At KXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000. Chris Andrews from Las Vegas. We'll do a little props, do a little sports wagering. Off to the South Point we go. Miller and Condon are underway on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station. By the way, the rest, I don't think I ever got through the BMW Des Moines guest list. Vinnie Iyer from the Sporting News at 1105.
What else do we have? I don't even remember. Eric Heft. Oh, Eric Heft. Yes, yeah, of course. Be in the game. Eric Heft on Iowa State. He will be, I think he's either just leaving shoot around or he'll be there uh, in Morgantown. He will join us to preview West Virginia and Iowa State about 1125. Chris Andrews next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. A capacity crowd on their feet at Carver Hawkeye Arena prior to the start of the Iowa-Indiana game. Good evening, everyone. With Mac McCausland, this is Larry Morgan. We've certainly witnessed a moving ceremony. And, Mac, why was this particular game chosen for that ceremony? Well, when the Iowa Athletic Department officials decided to retire number 40, they went to the street family. And the street family said how good it would be to do the Indiana game. Chris Street loved playing against the Hoosiers. He epitomized the Hoosier way of playing basketball. Aggressive, tough, hard. Chris Street admired Indiana players and Bob Knight. They called Indiana Knight. Took it, as he told us today, as a high compliment to him and his program, his players. He said, oh, why not? He certainly did. Now, tonight, Iowa takes on the top-rated team in the country. Why is Indiana so good? Well, when you look at Indiana, you look at team play. And what epitomizes team play is you've got five of their basic starters averaging double figures. They can score from every place on the court effectively. 7-0. Now, back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to our next guest. He is Chris Andrews from the South Point. Oh, it's a wild week in Las Vegas uh, leading up to this football game. Props are out. There are so many of them. Chris joins us. Chris, Trenton, Ken. Thanks for coming on, Chris Andrews. How are you? Can you tell it's Super Bowl week, sir? Uh, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> there's always a buzz, and uh, we've written a lot of prop business. Not not as much on the game as I would have liked, but the props have been uh, exceptionally busy this week. Chris, let's start right on the game and the point spread for four and a half. Spend the number, I think, pretty much four and a half across the board right now. I think Ti maybe has it with heavy juice at four. Do you anticipate we're going to move off that number and also a look at the total of forty eight and a half? Well, I moved off it this morning. I'm you at did. four. Uh, yeah, so I had opened it four, which I thought was a good number. Uh, they bet they bet me up to four and a half, but uh, the money's come in. Uh, nothing huge, but it's been pretty steady on the Bengals. So I went to four this morning, and, uh, you know, here at South Point, we usually do everything at 11 to 10, no juice on favorites mm-hmm. or dogs or whatever. But we're using minus 105 on this game. So I'm at four minus 105, and... Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But I went there probably about an hour ago, and so far nothing really major. So uh, I think I think this number is going to settle back at four. Doesn't it seem to you, Chris, uh, that, that that we're in for a, a very entertaining football game? I think you can you can legitimately sit down and make a case for both teams that how they can win this game or how they can lose this game. Not always the case, but I think we're in for a pretty good matchup, which should lead uh, to quite a bit of action. I would think. Your thoughts on the matchup? Yeah, I think, you know, there's two things that create action. One is the matchup, and the other is the number. Uh, so right now, the the matchup, I think, is uh, pretty intriguing. I think the two quarterbacks both have very interesting stories, very divergent stories. Uh, but I think the number, it hasn't moved much, and that has kind of made the action a little bit slow. But now that, that I moved to four, and I think some other guys, sometimes you wait for that first guy to go, and I always tell my guys, I'd rather be first than last. So we went there first, and uh, I think you'll see some others probably go the same direction. And like I said, sometimes that once you see a number maybe escaping, 
what your plans are, then that, that'll trigger some action. So I think now that we're starting to see some movement, I think you'll see more action. But listen, I've been doing this a long, long time. <laughs> And the action doesn't start really till Friday. That's when we start getting people in from out of town and they really start betting it hard. So uh, we go through the same thing every year, and I think this will be no exception. Well, the prop menu, it is uh, immense, certainly there at the South Point. Chris, has there been anything that you've had to tilt in a significant way, or do you feel pretty good about the numbers right now? Oh, no, there's a bunch of them we've had to tilt yeah. in a significant way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking through my menu. We got bets. Uh, that. I mean, it'd be too long to go through all of them <laughs> right now. But, uh, yeah, we, we got hammered. Uh, I've had two separate guys that have each bet me over 100000 on my props. You know, a 2000 a rattle. So, you wow. know, I mean, that's, a, that's a lot of action. Uh, but, you know, we're staying on top of it. And over the years, you know, we've done okay. And I always tell my bosses that this is not – not like the old days where it's just a slam dunk. You're going to win on the props every year. It's become very competitive among uh, us bookmakers and among the betting public. So it's it's a lot harder than it was even five years ago. So, um, you know, they've gotten better, but we've tried to got, get better too. So we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. You know, the, the one that everybody has in, is, is obviously is the, is the coin flip, right? Heads or tails. Chris, I haven't seen this before. Maybe you've had it for a while, but the player to call the opening coin, test, coin toss gets it right or gets it wrong. That seems that that's relatively new. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, we have that. I yeah. got money on it, you know, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't believe people bet that. Right. I mean, I gotta be dead honest with you. Yeah. I mean, you and I can go flip a coin for even money, right. but I'm not letting you go to the South Point and play even money. You're gonna have to lay a little juice one way or the other. So I can't believe people do that, but they do. I mean, what can I tell you? It's human nature. Minus one hundred two on both sides at the South Point for that one. Yeah, Chris, uh, another one, and the story goes. You were around in the sports booking bookmaking business back in 1985 into the '86 Super Bowl. Fridge to score a touchdown. William Refrigerator Perry and how that kind of, in a way, ignited prop betting in the Super Bowl. Take us back to that era and what it was then compared to where we are and just the onslaught. Every single player you can think about, any kind of number, there's going to be a betting prop for it. Yeah, I mean, you go back to that. First of all, I, I mean, I was I did a podcast with somebody the other day, and I, I that was one of the biggest scores of my life personally. I loved the Bears that year. I took ten to one on them to win the Super Bowl, pressed my bet going into the Super Bowl, and it's my cousin Art Manteris, who was at the mm-hmm. at Caesars at the time, who put up that prop. And I told him, I think you're nuts because I think I think Ditka's going to stick it to him, and he'll let Fridge score that. He's going to let him score that touchdown. And I didn't put it up. I told him I think he's crazy, but he put it up, and they lost. <laughs> I don't know how much. It was quite a bit. He got a call the next morning from his boss, and he thought he was going to get fired. And the boss was happy as could be, even though they lost so much money, they had so much publicity on it, he thought it was the greatest thing my cousin ever did. So that just kind of, everything just took off from there. We've we've been adding props ever since then. I think we've kind of matured as far as the market goes. Matter of fact, Michael gone, my boss. He said, "Why don't you cut a few of these players out?" So I cut. Yeah, I usually go really deep, and I I, I probably cut a few players uh, ordinarily from what I would have done in past years. You know, you got to make the boss happy. I'm sorry, I still work for a paycheck, and Michael's been really good to me, so I listen to what he says. But I I think the market at this point, like I said, is is about saturated with with props, and some guys come up with some new stuff every year. And by next week, what's today? Uh, today's Tuesday, Tuesday so yeah, by yeah. Friday. 
by Friday, I'll have some more cross-board uh, props up, you know, but I hate to put those up too early, just the way the NBA is right now. You never know who's playing from one day to the next. Uh, Chris, we know we got to let you go. Just real quick on this, are you guys upside down on the Rams or Bengals as far as any futures uh, that you might have taken throughout the season or prior to? No, I, you know, I was kind of hip to the Bengals early. I have uh, this one young lady who handles my futures, and I told her pretty early on. I said, you know, keep an eye on this Bengal team. I think they're really good. Um, so we, we've kept them relatively low. So we're in great shape with both teams. So uh, no, no big sweat on that at all. Well, Chris, we're getting ready, of course, for March Madness, the week before Conference Tournament Week. Ken and I are going to be out there, so we owe you a steak dinner, all right? We we owe you one. I'm going to get you. I promise <laughs> you don't have to worry. So look forward to that week of uh, the weekend of the 11th and 12th, and we'll see you then. Uh, free dinner? I'm yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, in fact, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm coming out a couple of days early, and you know why I'm doing that? Because I want to play horses at South Point. It's the best horse. Oh, okay. It's phenomenal. It truly is. Chris, yeah. we'll see you then. Thanks for doing this for us. We know you're busy. Appreciate you giving us some time. All right, my pleasure, guys. Talk to you later. Yeah, good to talk to Chris Andrews uh, from the South Point. Again, he's been doing it since the 70s. He's seen everything when it comes to Went out there after college. How about that? And think of that leap. So Chris is a little bit older than you. Not Yeah, a couple of years. A couple of years. Yeah, mid-60s probably. So you came, but after staying around Winnipeg for how how old were you when you were down? You were 30. Yeah. Can you imagine at 21, 22? No. No. And not going to Iowa. Right. Getting a job. Just going out to Las Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. His stories are incredible. No, they are. And his new book, I just got it in the mail a couple weeks back. I haven't cracked it yet. That's yeah, his second, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's a look back at when our world shut down in 2020. Oh, that's what it's about. And bookmaking through the course 365 days of the year. So his first book, Then One Day. Yeah. The second one now is called Then One Year. <laughs> Brilliant. And that first book, oh, the stories, <laughs> it's it's, it's Think one of guy that sitting world. on one side of the counter and mm-hmm. reminiscing about what they talked about to some tourist in town or whatever, or sharp. Uh, oh, so what did they do? Because remember when we were out there in July, mm-hmm. I think we talked about it a little bit with them as to how they, because Vegas shut down. Yes. It's a tourist destination. That, that's what it is. What do you do? What did they do? Did they do ping pong? I mean, they've got an online app. They do. For customers in the state of Nevada. Right. And But what you have to have something to bet on. It was, what, Australian Rules Football. I remember firing at that one, uh, one Friday night. <laughs> Open, cracking a couple of beers. You, know, you were Russian ping pong, did too. Did that, yes. Deep into the Russian ping pong. And, and the crazy thing is, you could watch some of these matches, and it wasn't. What you see in the Olympics, you know, every four years they see ping pong in USA right. or something like, oh, this is cool. It was like from a rec center. It was, you were waiting for, you know, Aunt Phyllis to be walking by with some <laughs> orange drink back behind him, bring some tang into the loop. It, it was absolutely incredible, and that's what they had to do. So, as well, before we get out there, definitely going to have to get that one going and then dig a little bit deeper for some of those Chris stories because they are great. And then one year. Uh, good stuff out of Chris Andrews. All right, we will come back again, uh, second hour of the program. We are going to start with our friend Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. We'll get more into this matchup. 
Uh, Super Bowl 56 draws closer. Vinny Iyer will join us to kick off the hour, and then we'll head to Morgantown with our friend Eric Heff, color analyst of Iowa State. Speaking of longtime voices, yes, he's certainly one of them. Uh, we will pick Eric's brain on this matchup tonight. Such an important matchup for Iowa State, but West Virginia's looking at it exactly the same way. They've lost seven straight, two of them to Texas Tech, two of them to Baylor, one of them to Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas sprinkled in as well. Uh, so they've had a tough schedule, and they look at this as an opportunity to get right as well. One of the two teams will, and the point spread is what? It's tight, you said, right? It was one when I looked at was last night. Let's see if we can get an updated one. Here we go. College basketball lines. The opener that I saw yesterday I was one. Currently, that's not right. Here we go. West Virginia, Iowa State. One and a half. There's a two and a half to DraftKings. South Point, Circa, they both have it. West Virginia by one and a half. Mm. It's a tight one. Yep. And the total's 129 and a half. Either of these teams going to score 70? Iowa State's not. Either team going to score 60? No. I mean, maybe. the maybe. 62-52 kind of game? Maybe. I was going to say 60-54. Yeah. It seems like it's high. 129.5 is not a big number in college basketball. It feels big for this one, though. Uh, maybe that's a well. We may hear that in an hour from now with your plays of the day. Trent coming off a four and zero. Oh. We'll take our time out. Come back and finish up the hour. Miller and Condon. It's a Tuesday on Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point three. Mister Peanut on Twitter. Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes here on a Tuesday of our number one. Still got an hour to go. By the way, it's Tuesday. That means Jethro's Wings. That's right. Today is Tuesday. Order 10 wings. Get 10 free. So any way you want to look at it, right? Buy 10, get 10, or half price for uh, 20 wings. But it's a Jethro's. It's Tuesday only. It's happening now. Happening all day Jethro's Wings, buy 10, get 10 free Tuesdays at Jethro's throughout Central Iowa. That's a pretty good lunch Indeed and lead-ins to dinner. How about that? So have you got high school? What do you got high school coming up here? We're supposed to have a game tonight, but we have Iowa Wolves on because of the oh, change in the right, schedule. right, right, right. So a lot of people out to see Wies Camp last night. Saw a lot of pictures, Twitter, social media. Good. It was good to see people, Hawkeye fans, going out there and seeing Wies Camp play last evening. So no game uh, here tonight. Because of that, the Wolves will be on 6.30 tip-off for that one. Next week, though, it's already state wrestling. No, it's not. It's already state wrestling. <laughs> we'll have coverage for you on 96.9 The Bull, iHeartRadio app. You can also catch that one, including the finals on Saturday night. Catch it all, 96.9 The Bull. I'll be out there, a lot of 3A, a little 2A, and we'll be covering it all with the championship round on Saturday evening. What a great night that is down at the well. Speaking of wrestling, though, mm-hmm. i got a little clip I want to play here for you. A wrestling clip. A wrestling clip. Well, lay it on. No Hulk Hogan. Right. No Andre the Giant. That's okay. not where we're going. Yeah, Mean Gene. This is a schoolmate of mine, Doug Schwab, Osage boy. Now the coach at UNI, national champion at Iowa, wrestler. He's uh, done a good job with the Panthers. And they got Iowa State this week. They're in the same conference in wrestling. Okay. A little back and forth here between a couple of former Hawkeyes. And here's Schwab. Responding to Kevin Dresser, the Iowa State coach, calling him out. You know, Dresser calling me out. He's got to be careful, man. He, I'd break his hip. He's old. I'd break his hip, and then I would get in trouble. So I won't do that. I'll just let our guys take care of it. And this is all in good fun. I mean, you guys got to understand a little bit. Like, yeah, there's some seriousness behind it, but also, man, 
And if people can't get excited and we can't have a little bit of back and forth and not just take it so personal, then something's wrong with us. I'll break it up. <laughs> good, pretty good trash talk right there. Well, like you know that. what? People are talking about it, right? Yeah, right. That's what it takes and uh, uh, good stuff. So you've got the bull will be the destination for wrestling coverage next week. Yep, starting next Thursday with the opening round in Class 3A. That starts at 1.30 Thursday afternoon. The semifinals on Friday night in the championship Coming your way with all three classes on Saturday on 96.9 The Bull. Good stuff. All right. Hour number two is upon us. We're in a few minutes anyways. Vinny I will kick it off. Eric Heft on Iowa State, West Virginia. Miller and Condon are on. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.